0: Hello, and welcome back to the Corruption of Colton podcast. Sorry I haven't recorded in about a week, but I just needed a little break. I mean, the last episode, the best rock and metal albums, according to Loudwire and I, from 1970 to 2021, just took the breath out of me. I mean, it was like a two-hour episode. It took several days to record, and honestly, I just needed a little break from recording i'm sure you guys can understand that um but we're back today we're going to be reviewing the debut album by heavy metal band lamb of god new american gospel i'm all ready to get back into the routine of recording so let's do this This album opens up with a song called Black Label, which is a song about a man who can't figure out why he hates people so much or why he came to hate them, which is a very interesting song topic. I mean, I think that all of us in this world sometimes sit back and just wonder, why is the world full of so much hate? Why are there so many people in this world that just hate others for what feels like no ethical reason, right? And it seems like this song is trying to answer that. I think that there's definitely a big psychological answer to it. Maybe they had some, like, tragic thing happen in their childhood. Maybe they have some kind of trauma. Maybe they were mistreated by somebody. Um, Maybe they were abused emotionally or physically. Or maybe they just hate the world because they're you know, suicidal, maybe they have bad mental... They have, like, terrible mental health and they just don't want to be in this world. And so having people around them reminds them that they're in a world they don't want to be a part of and they're part of this species that they wish they weren't part of because they wish they were dead. You know, I think there's definitely a lot of psychological answers to that question in the song Black Label, but I think Black Label attempts to answer that with some very compelling compelling lyrics, and I really like it. To boot, it has a very interesting snare drum pattern. I really like that. I like bands that utilize the snare, except for Metallica, (laughs) but you know, I really like this song. So, great opener to a great debut album, and a great debut song, too. Next up, we have a song called A Warning. A song about a warning, pretty much, warning someone or the world that they are an evil being. Probably someone like Satan. He refers to himself as a monster and his teeth are like knives. So I'm guessing this could be from the perspective of like a shark. Or possibly a lion or a tiger or just some crazy mad animal. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I kind of perceive this as a song from the perspective of a crazed animal, so that's how I take it, but take it how you will, I suppose. I mean, I know everybody will probably perceive this differently, but that's how I see it, and I see it very interesting because... I'm very interested in crazed animals, like sharks and tigers and lions, just, you know, mad, monstrous animals. So this was an interesting song to me. In the absence of the sacred kind of sounds like a song about how modern technology has destroyed what makes us human, which makes sense. I mean, this song is very ahead of its time. It was released in the year 2000, and... Reading the lyrics and looking on it in 2022, it certainly does. I mean, look at how everything is technology-based now. You wanna socialize with your friends? You make an event on Facebook or something. I mean, my parents have thrown parties, like Super Bowl parties, and my mom's birthday party over the summer when she turned 50. It was my parents set it up as a Facebook inve- Facebook event, which we shared with our Facebook friends and invited them to. We don't, we don't even just text or call them and go, hey, you want to show up to this party? Nah, it's a fucking Facebook event. Or what about how you want to find information on something? Forget the library. Just Google it, bitch. You know, I mean, look at where we're going. You want to make an appointment with the doctor or the dentist? Oh, go on their website and arrange it. Or call and then the secretary will arrange it on the computer. Nothing's done on paper anymore. And this song, I think, really well points that out. And it kind of points out how the government doesn't even care if we go to war at all. Like, even if we, like, go to war involving technology. What's the government going to care? All they care about is that sweet cash and making money, right? That's all the government gives a fuck about. So this song is very spot on. I enjoyed reading the lyrics, and that's what I love about metal music. I mean, everyone says, oh, they're just doing this screamo deep throat vocal, and it's just noise. It's just noise, bro. Yeah, sure, their vocals are just noise, true, but that's the cool thing about metal music is because you can't understand what they're saying, you have to go out of your way to look up the lyrics, which makes the music more intriguing because you wonder, what's this song about? I can't hear it. I don't understand what they're saying. So you have to do your own little investigation. That's what I do with a lot of these songs on these albums is I look up the lyrics before I record my notes on the song because I don't understand what they're saying and I have to come to my own conclusion. And that's what I love about metal music. You have to read the lyrics for yourself and come to your own conclusion of what the song means to you and what you think it's about. And that's very interesting. And that's why I love metal music. That's my reason. Anyways, let's move on to the next track. This was a good song, by the way. After examining the lyrics, I assume that Letter to the Unborn is a song about a letter to the unborn unborn children, probably. I think that it's telling them that the world is not what it's cracked up to be and life sucks, like fathers are absent, things are just very expensive w- with inflation and living in this world is just depressing and ridiculous. At least that's how I perceive this, but take my thoughts with a grain of salt, please. I'm probably like... wrong, and probably like 1% right most of the time. I mean, I probably hear these songs wrong. I mean, they're screaming, so I have to read the lyrics online, but I probably read into these wrong. I probably don't read into them right, and... I mean, usually, unless the artist, like, comes out and flat-out tells us what the song's about, we have to make assumptions for ourselves, and... Obviously, everyone's going to have a different assumption, but I assume that this is a song about telling the unborn that life sucks, which I wish I had had that advice or I probably would have killed myself in the wound. (laughs) If only we could give that advice to the unborn because when I was born, I did not know what I was getting into because now I'm a depressed person. I'm depressed as fuck most of the time. I will say I'm happier now than I've ever been. Like, I will say that. Ever since I've started this podcast, I've been a much happier person, but I will say I could still use some therapy, but unfortunately, therapy is expensive as fuck with inflation and can't afford it, and I'm fucked, and you know, I'm just, inflation with this country sucks, just how expensive everything is, nothing is how it used to be, and I probably sound like some old person going, back in my day, things cost a dollar, but you know, I mean, that's generally just how I feel. I feel like prices are not the same, and I don't like change, and I know that I have to adjust to change, but it's hard to adjust to said change in economics. So I'm definitely struggling with that, and I feel like that's what this song could be saying, just trying to give advice. And I wish that we were given a choice on being born. Like, imagine if you could be in the womb, and God could just feel like, do you want to be born or no? Shows you what the world looks like, and be like, hell nah, don't i definitely would have said that i would have said but maybe that's why god doesn't give you a choice because 90 percent of people probably would be like i don't want to live in among that (laughs) i don't want to live among that shit so that's probably why we're not given a choice though but that's my little rant on uh this world i'm probably gonna get canceled for my uh opinions on current economics but who cares so the next track we have is Black Dahlia, and I really want to point out the composition of the songs and just the mixing and mastering in general. Something I've really noticed is that a lot of the songs have great composition, and it especially shows on this track where the song starts out with this very eerie intro. It actually sounds kind of creepy and messed up. If I didn't know, you better, know any better... I would think I'm listening to the soundtrack of a horror movie. And then it just jumps into this really badass riff, and these really heavy drums, and the way it's comprised and compressed is just really fucking good. And I just love the mixing and mastering. I mean, for a debut album, it sounds really good, but yet again, I guess you could argue that before they were Lamb of God, they were a band called Burn the Priest, and they had done an album in 1999, in which kind of was much more poor quality. I mean, the audio was a lot more crunchy, and at the time, they were just learning how to make a record, so they might have learned from that record, so when they were making New American Gospel, took the took what they had learned from that album and put that towards New American Gospel and all the things they... all the negatives... From that album, they took those out and left them out, and mixed and mastered it with all the good qualities and all the stuff they had learned. So I guess it does make sense, and in turn, it it worked in their favor to so far be a great album. So good job! I want to. I'm probably going to applaud that at the end as well when the review's over. I just really noticed that on this song that they really paid a lot of attention to the mixing and mastering on this track so good job lamb of god let's move on to the next track terror in the house of frank pollard again it's got a very interesting composition the one thing i didn't like is that it had a very long title so when looking up information about it it took me quite a while, because I'm a slow typer being blind, so I was just like, which is why I don't really like song titles unless I find it necessary. It didn't really feel necessary here, but what I did like is that before it got into the vocals and the lyrics, which was like a minute later, we got like a good minute of just build-up, so like the guitars were just like, And the drums are like, ba-bong-bong. So, you know, it was just a very interesting composition. So I really want to applaud that here. And obviously the scream vocals were very interesting. The lyrics were interesting. I really like scream vocals. Like, and I don't know why people call it noise. It makes it really good. It hides the lyrics, which makes the listener look them up, which is a good thing. You should be curious about the lyrics. I don't get why people hate that so much even my own parents call it noise my mom hates it my mom just says it's noise my mom one time I was listening to Pantera and my mom's like I think I was listening to um the song walk specifically and my mom was like turn that shit off and I was like it's not shit ma you just don't understand it And I know I sound like some, like, young teenager going, You don't understand me, ma. But genuinely, yeah, I'm an 18-year-old adult, but I really do feel like my parents don't understand it. I just feel like my parents were born in the 70s. They came from an era of, like, Led Zeppelin, which I also just wish they did understand. I mean, they did come from the era of, like, Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. My parents grew up with bands like and Megadeth, and Slayer and stuff in the 80s. Their lyrics were occasionally kind of hidden as well. But for some reason, my parents liked those bands. But call the newer metal bands like Slipknot and Pantera shit. I just don't get it. My parents hate it, what feels like, for no reason. And even, like, my dad, we were having this argument a few few days ago. He was like well I don't like it and I don't want to hear it in my house and I don't have to hear it and I'm like just because you don't like it doesn't mean I can't listen to it because he says oh you can't play it in my house and I'm like I get you don't like it but you don't need to go so far as to not let me listen to it in my own space like my own room and also I'm very interested in doing being the vocalist for a metal band so I've been learning scream techniques and my dad says oh you can't do that in my house and I'm like Well, I am doing it in my own space, and I feel like what I do in my own space is my own thing. And you shouldn't be able to, you know, yell at me for it. I mean, I get it's not an interest of yours, and it's not your hobby, and it's not your ideal thing. But I feel like my hobbies should be embraced with semi-interest. You shouldn't be able to just tell me, knock knock off your hobby, because I don't like it. I mean... I don't—I mean, my dad is interested in, um, shooting ranges, so he collects, like, guns and stuff, and guns can be quite terrifying, but I don't go, take all the guns out of the house because they're a little intimidating. I mean, his hobby's, like, far more terrifying and far worse. I mean, I don't know how good of a shooter he is. I've never seen him shoot anything. He's never took me to a range. So, how do I know that he has good aim? I mean, I embrace his gun-collecting hobby, so he should at least collect my hobby, uh, he should at least embrace my hobby of metal vocals, but again, my parents love to use the argument of, I pay the bills, that makes me superior, which I hate, or like, oh, you don't pay bills, so you're not affected, Ah, IS, what if the house, like, let's just hypothetically say the house explodes, oh, you don't pay the insurance, so you're not affected, I'm still fucking homeless, still affected there. Oh, uh, you've been, you've been bit by a, you've been bitten by a wild dog, but you're not affected. I'm the one bleeding. Yeah, I'm not the one paying the insurance or the medical bill, but I'm the one who's bleeding. Still affected. <laughs> so I don't, we're like, we have this dog that I'm not really a fan of. It shits everywhere. I didn't ask for it. And he's like, you don't pay the vet bills. And I'm like, still shitting everywhere around my stuff. And he's like, oh, but you clean up after the bunnies? Yeah, but I'm the one who wanted bunnies, though. When I got the pet bunnies, I knew what I was signing up for. I knew I'd have to pick up bunny shit because, well, they're rabbits. What would you expect? Them to not poop? My parents' logic is just very flawed and dumb, in my opinion. I know it sounds like just some young person going, oh, you just don't understand your parents. You don't have a kid and until you have a kid you won't get it and I'm like I feel like it's still frustrating and I do get it to some extent does anybody not like does anybody anybody listening to this podcast enlighten me because I feel like what my parents is doing is in some way flawed and stupid anyways sorry about my little mini rant but I felt like it related to this album or song or whatever The Subtle Arts of Murder and Persuasion start out with this like really silent guitar tone. And then the riff slowly gets louder and louder and louder until it feels like it fills your headphones. And then the drums come and hit hard and the song just gets heavier and heavier like each minute it feels like. And it's a really bad ass song. This is definitely one of the songs I would recommend off this album. It just, it gets louder. It gets heavier and more aggressive. It's a great song. Definitely check it out. Let's move on to the next one. On Parian, I would say Chris Adler is definitely on his A-game here. Probably his best drum performance on the entire album. It's a pretty fun, hard hitter. Definitely a song that I come back to. Sorry, I'm not saying much about the lyrics these last few tracks. But, like, I Google them and sometimes they're just hard to decipher. Sometimes you just don't know what to make of them. And that's kind of just been, been what's going on for the last few tracks. But parian is still an enjoyable song. You know, I think that the scream vocals are obviously very fun to listen to like any metalhead would say, or if you just got that rage in you and you just got to let it out. And whenever we're mad, we whenever you're mad, you just want to fucking scream and Lamb of God feels that desire, right? Let's move on to the next track. Confessional sounds like a song from the perspective of somebody who has done something despicable, something fucked up, something unforgivable right like all the adjectives and they are confessing to it and they're aware that even though they got away with it it still haunts them it's still in their head and it haunts them in that way and i can definitely relate to that i feel like everybody does something awful in their life that they hide that they just like try to cover up and no matter what even they even though they get away with it you know they Still fucking regret it. And I think that everybody kind of has that in their lives, right? I mean, I definitely have my own little story, which I'm going to tell you. So, basically, one time I got so mad at someone online that I literally went completely apeshit. And literally, like, sent, like, death threats to them. I definitely regret it to this day. Like, that's, like, just super fucked up. I mean, I'd say you never fucking do that shit. Uh, I was just a mad, like eighth grade kid. You know, I was probably in like seventh, eighth grade. It was petty drama. It was literally over this kid. Like I made a story time about like middle school and like, he like gave me, gave me a false community guideline strike over it. And I thought that his actions were super petty. So I thought I'd be petty back. But sending him death threats was definitely an overreaction. I could have just called him a pussy or a sore loser to the video. But for some reason, I just went like completely extreme and overboard. So I'd say definitely everybody does something just like completely fucking off the rails, right? But that's my little story. Let's move on to the next track. ODD. G-A-H-E? Odigin I don't even know how to pronounce that. The the final track on this album has a weird title, but anyway. Um this made great use of the instruments, um, but mainly great use of the vocals. I must say the vocals are probably the strongest here. It's the album closer, and it's probably the best vocal performance. Maybe not the best, like it's not the best lyrically or like instrumentally. The instruments are kind of basic compared to the rest of the songs on the album, but the vocals are good. It was just an okay song, you know, it, it passes, it's passable. There's just better songs in this record. So let's get into what I think of this record overall. So New American Gospel, it was pretty fucking good for one thing. Chris Adler, the drummer of Lamb of God, is used to his fullest potential, especially on the song Confessional, where they just make full use of like the bass drum and snare drum and mixing them together. And man, Chris Adler plays pretty fast on this record. I almost said praise pretty fast, which is pretty ironic because the album's called New American Gospel. But anyway, so he plays pretty fast and aggressively on songs like Confessional. The guitar riffs are just super country. country. This is not a country album. Sorry, it's late at night, and I am like, you know, it's late at night. I'm getting ready for bed, so I'm probably just tripping out from exhaustion here. I, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, the riffs are crunchy, I meant to say. And they're crunchy as hell on basically every song. I don't think I could point out a song where it's best. Maybe, I guess I'll go with Confessional, I guess. I mean, I guess that's one good song that had it. I just can't win on a great song for the riffs because all the riffs are great. It's hard to pick one riff, but I can tell you what my favorite songs in this album were. I loved Black Label and A Warning and Confessional. Those are my top three. They had... Great lyrical themes. And of course I liked little other side songs like uh Pariah, which just like confessional make plays the instruments to their fullest advantage. And again, more great lyrical themes on Letter to the Unborn. I wouldn't say there's really a bad track on this record, actually. It's a 4.5 out of 5. Great debut album. I want to give it a 5 out of 5, but here's why I don't. I only want to give 5 out of 5s to, like, the very best albums, so I want to preserve it for something like legendary albums that I love, like Rust in Peace or Metallica's Black album, or maybe, like, Nevermind by Nirvana, or Ten by Pearl Jam, or Nickelback's All the Right Reasons, or other maximum opus albums like The Debut by Van Halen, or... Freaking, uh, what's another good one? Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. You know, albums like that, that are just endless classics. It doesn't matter what year or what timeline you listen to it in. It's just beloved. Albums like that. This was a great album, but I wouldn't call it a timeless record. Will it ever be bad? Probably not. It just, it just doesn't hold up the same way those albums do. Does that make sense? It's not a bad album. I hope I'm making sense here. So I only want to give a five out of five to the absolute best powerhouses of records, right? But this was a great one. Also, just a little, some final notes. I am finally starting to back up the YouTube channel, the Corruption of Colton podcast YouTube account, which is pretty behind. At the time of recording this, I only have like The first five episodes up, but this is obviously episode nine of the podcast. It's because I use I use this I record this on Anchor, which automatically publishes it to Spotify, but I have to manually manually upload it to YouTube. So that's why the YouTube channel is a little behind. But I'm gonna try to start posting these new episodes like the day of or the day after it's published on Spotify. So this week, I'm probably going to be uh, posting them on YouTube. So you should be getting this episode. I think this episode's going to be out on like Friday, September 2nd. So if you're already listening to it, go check the YouTube channel. I've probably uploaded like the other episodes by now. And this episode is probably either up or going to be up soon. So that's, thank you. That's my review of Lamb of God. Sorry that I was out for a week, but again, I just needed a break after that two-hour episode. I shall be back in another few days for episode 10. Thank you.